Okay. Can y'all hear me? Y'all can hear me good? Can you hear me now? How about now? Can you still hear me now? I say, can you hear me now? You can all hear me now? Praise the Lord. Do you know I think God's in heaven asking that very question? I think he's in heaven all day long saying, hey, can you hear me now? What about now? Hey, hey, can you hear me now? And you know what he hears? Cue the crickets. Wish I had some. (laughs) Seems that there are a lot of Christians who feel that they are struggling to hear God. And I know for a fact that I myself have struggled with that at times. Uh, You know, there's been times I've been praying and praying and praying, and I think, man, I need to hear from God, and I'm just not hearing from God. I just don't think I can hear. And the tendency is to start thinking, man, I need to get somebody else to go hear from God for me. Where's the prophet of God? Where's, Where's pastor? Somebody. I need some help. And I know that this is not a problem that's unique to me. As a matter of fact, I talk to people quite often, and they will say to me, I'll say, you know, you need to go seek God for that. And they'll say, I'm just not sure I hear God, Teresa. I'm just not sure that I can hear God. And yet, one of the hallmarks of the Christian faith is that we serve a God that is indeed alive and well and has all through history spoken to his people. He always has. And he still does. Uh, let's throw up John 10, 1 through 5. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep, what? Hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, that's very personal. He calls his own sheep by name, meaning he knows all of his sheep. He knows all of his sheep. He's speaking, right? Okay. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they what? Know his voice. voice. And yet... If I was to ask all of y'all, have you ever struggled? Have you ever struggled? Let me see your hands. Has any of you ever struggled? And I'm with you. Don't be embarrassed. I'm with you. Yeah, all of us have struggled. And yet God tells us that he's speaking to us all the time. So what's going on? What's the problem? Well, there's a couple of things that could be the problem, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, I believe one of the things that can happen, I'm going to talk to you about a few things tonight, and we're going to talk about the practical ways in which we hear God. But one of the things that I think happens is you come into a church like this, and you know, you've always prayed, and you know what I mean. You always, you, you, you pray, and you get an answer in here, and you go, yeah, I know that was from God. I, I, you know it was from God, and, and you know that was your answer, Okay. But then you get in this word of faith kind of church, you know, and you hear pastor get up here and he says, and you know, I was driving down the road and the glory cloud filled the truck. And I knew and I pulled over to the side and, you know, him and God had a great conversation and he got, he became a pastor, you know, he knew God was talking to him. And you hear things like, and one night Jesus took me to heaven. I went up and I saw God, you know, and it was a great experience. And you have Dr. Mary Fran come, and she says, and I was praying. And the way I got my supernatural language was there was writing going across the wall, okay, all across the wall, and I read that. And then there was blue flames on my hands, and, and God told me my hands were going to touch the people, okay? And then the next thing that happens is I go out, and I see, I see x-rays over people's heads. And so I know uh, i got to talk to Laverne's spine because I see an x-ray. And you're sitting in your seat going, man, I'm not sure I've ever heard from God. Glory cloud never got in the truck with me. I don't know. I ain't got no blue flames on my hands. You know, uh, maybe I've never heard from God. I'm not sure I can hear from God. And that's what starts happening. And what happens is we start looking for the spectacular 
the spectacular way God's, these, these events that are big and spectacular ways that God speaks when really the majority of the time for most people in most situations, it's God's super on our natural, okay? It's super on what's natural. And we miss it because we're not tuned into that. We are not tuned into the ways God is speaking to us. Because most of the everyday way that God is speaking to us is the still, small voice. Y'all remember the story of Elijah? He's running from Jezebel, and he's in the cave, and he's up there, and he's telling God how there's no other people like him and all this kind of stuff, and he's looking for God to answer him. And the big wind comes, and there's a big, huge storm, and God's not in it. Then there's the big thunder and the lightning and the, and, and the chaos, and God's not in it. And finally, it says, the still, small voice spoke to him. The still, small voice spoke to him. Now, when people get up, even me saying that, when I tell you the still, small voice, the trouble is, is this is a, we still don't really understand what that looks like most of the time because this is a spiritual matter, you know, and sometimes it can be hard to explain spiritual matters. But tonight, what I am going to attempt to do And realize this is in no way going to be exhaustive, okay? Because God can talk in very many ways. But tonight I'm going to attempt to put some physical parameters around a spiritual matter. Okay? So I'm going to attempt to do that. So tonight what we're going to talk about is how do we tune ourselves in? Because God's always speaking. He's speaking all day long. It's just a matter of whether we are good receivers or not. And so we're going to talk about... How do we tune ourselves in to hear God? Okay. What are some of the things that can hinder us from hearing God? And then what are those natural ways that God speaks to us? And I'm going to spend the most time, I hope, right there. I'm going to give you some examples, and I'm going to say, and I heard God, and then I'm going to try to explain to you what I mean by I heard God. Now, remember, I'm trying to put some physical parameters on a spiritual thing. I'm going to do my very best. But I think that it's something that needs to be talked about because I just think that God's talking to us all day long, but we're looking for the spectacular, and we're missing how he's talking to us. Okay? All right. Now, it's not that God can't talk to you in those spectacular ways. There are some examples of that in the Bible. We hear uh, stories like that all the time. That is real. God can talk to you, and he sometimes does talk to people like that. But it's kind of like what Pastor said, I think, last Wednesday, when he said that most of the time, when God talks to you, he's not going to come in a vision. Uh, he's not going to, you know, drop a, a, a write on the wall or drop a, a letter out of heaven, okay? It's going to be a more still, quiet voice, Okay. So now, first of all, what are the ways that we can tune ourselves in to God? What are the things that position us? And there's nothing new here. There's a lot of it that you know, okay? But one of the first things uh, for tuning ourselves in so that we can hear more effectively is thanksgiving and praise. Um, Psalm 104, it says... I keep wanting to look there and I can't see it for the drum cage. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Psalm 22.3. Throw that up for me. But you are wholly enthroned in what? The praises of Israel. We know that God inhabits the praises of his people. Okay, now why, you know, I don't know, you may be here like me, and I used to, I would read Psalms, and I would see all this stuff about praise the Lord, and never let everything that has breath praise the Lord, and, and I really wanted to understand, what is the purpose of all this praise? I mean, is God sitting on his throne all day going, man, I sure do wish somebody would tell me who I am. I, I need somebody to tell me I'm great, because I'm feeling kind of down today. I sure wish somebody would remember I'm great. Listen. God does not have an identity crisis, but we do. 
but we do. And so, when we give God thanks, what are we doing? Well, when we give God thanks, what we do is we start to get down to the minute details. And we start to see God's been with me all along. He's provided everything I need. Listen, last night I was able to take a shower and it was comfortable. And believe me, that's a big deal since my plumbing was broke yesterday and my air conditioning. Woo, hallelujah. And it got fixed and I praise the Lord. But you see, God was in that. That's a small thing, but God has taken care of all of the details. And when you start giving him thanks, you start to bring it right down to where you live and you go, you know what? God's always paying attention to me. I always have what I need in this life. He's never got his eye off of me. When I should have died over there, I did not die. When I should have lived on the street, I didn't. God provided for me. When, when all hell was breaking loose in my life, God showed up and the good thing happened. You know what? God's got his eye on me. He's got his eye on me. On me right and when I praise God when I lift him up I start to remind myself who I am and whose I am whose am I in other words who's your daddy that's what you gotta know who's your daddy that's what you do I dare say that when we praise we are not lifting God up in the way we think we are he knows who he is He's not sitting on his throne going, I'm having a really bad day. I surely wish somebody would just give me a compliment. And I can't remember if, I don't really remember what all I've done if they would just remember it for me. Listen, it's not like that. When you build up God, the God who lives inside of you, who are you building up? You're building up yourself. You're reminding yourself you're reminding yourself, I serve a God who's got a reputation. Yeah. Do you hear me? I, he's got a reputation and he's been upholding it all through the centuries. He's got a reputation for showing up in the fire. Okay? He's got a reputation for showing up in the lion's den. I serve the God who's got a reputation for splitting the sea. And I serve a God who's got a reputation that when he speaks, things happen. Things are going to happen. Amen? So then it behooves us to find out what is he saying. Does it not? It behooves us all to go, hey, what's he saying to me? What's he saying to me? And believe me, he's talking. He's talking. But it's a learning curve, and we all have to learn, right? And so tonight, that's what I'm going to try to help us learn. Amen? Okay, now we know that. Reading God's word is important. Listen, if God gave himself in, in the form of Jesus the name the word, well, there's your clue that he's always speaking. Apparently, communication is really important, isn't it? I mean, if, one of the, if Jesus is called the word, and he is. Let's put up John um, 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him, in what? The word, which is who? The word. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Okay? Now, we've been brought into what? The light. So we comprehend the word. Is that correct? We, we comprehend the word. So it is very important. It's one of the main ways, and I'm going to develop that a little bit more in just a little bit. One of the main ways that God will speak to you. Can somebody turn that air down a little? I am sweating bullets up here. Whew, hallelujah. <laughs> I don't get paid enough for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, God, you must know his word because that is one of the main ways that he will speak to you. 
Often he will bring scripture to your mind when you need to know the answer to something. And like I said, I'll develop that a little bit more in a moment. Uh, also, you need to know uh, it's a safety rail. It's a kind of safety rail. Because God's never going to talk to you or do anything that is going to contradict his word. Amen. Okay? So it's really important that you put the word in. And listen to me. Even if you don't think you understand that word, which you may not some sections of it. Look, I've been reading it a long time. I don't understand it all. I'll be the first to tell you. I don't understand it all. I still read some of it and go, what? I mean, what does that mean? And I mean, some of the stories are just, you're like, man, that's a weird story right there. But listen, I read it anyway. Why? Because my recreated spirit on the inside does know what it means. And I need to pull it in, put it in because the Holy Spirit is speaking with that recreated spirit and it will pull up what I have read at the time I need it and put it in this brain of mine, okay? But if you've never bothered to put it in there and sometimes he'll pull things up that I didn't even know what they meant until that moment when I needed it. And suddenly I go, oh yes, that's exactly right. I understand that, that's what I needed, okay? But if I never bothered to put it in, how will Holy Spirit talk to me through the word? And not only that, how will I have any kind of safety rails to judge who is talking to me? Okay? So it's very important. These are the things that position you now. Keep in mind, these are the things that position us to hear more clearly. Okay? Next, of course, is prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. That's pretty straightforward. (laughs) just flat out pray without ceasing, right? Well, now that's going to require us praying in the Holy Ghost because how many of y'all know how hard it is to pray without ceasing all day? I mean, like what? Five minutes in, you've said everything you know, prayed for everybody you know, and you're just like, man, now what can I pray about? Unless you're just going to sit around repeating the same stuff, you know, bless sister so-and-so, help such-and-such, and so on and so forth. Well, it's going to require us praying in the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And this is key. Let's look at Jude one twenty. But you, beloved, build your, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Well, it takes faith to hear from God. It takes faith from God. It takes faith. And the fact is, is that one of the key components to hearing from God is going to be communion with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know all of y'all have probably heard Dr. Mary Fran. She gives an example of how when she was first coming in to uh, the ministry and whatnot, and she started praying all the time. She was going to the church and praying. And then one day she realized, you know, Holy Spirit, I don't know you like I want to know you. And so she literally just started talking to him like he was her friend which he is. He's with you all day long. And so she started talking to him all day long like you would a friend. She'd say, well, Holy Spirit, you know, we're going to go down to the basement and I'm going to do this laundry. And when I'm done with that, I hope to go and do such and such and so and so. What was she doing? She was making Holy Spirit real to herself. And then she says one day things shifted and she realized, you know, I do a lot of talking. And she said, Holy Spirit, would you like to say anything? And from that day on, she started hearing Holy Spirit. What happened? She made herself familiar. She communed with the Holy Spirit. And as a matter of fact, the Bible talks about that quite a lot. If we turn over to... Second Corinthians 13, 14. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the what? The communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So be it unto you. Amen. So be it unto me. And you know, all through the Bible, we know that the disciples talked a lot about, if you read the Acts and you read all that stuff, it'll say, and it seemed good to me and to the Holy Spirit. And it seemed good to us to go here and to the Holy Spirit. Or Holy Spirit restrained us from going to such and such. So it makes it plain that communing with the Holy Spirit was a normal part of their daily life. 
They talked and listened to Holy Spirit. Listen, he's part of the Godhead. He's the part that resides with us always. He's the part that's here leading us, guiding us, comforting us, uh, convicting us, and, and, and guiding us, and giving us the mind of Christ. So we need to develop that relationship. It's, it's going to be required that we're familiar with the ways, the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so these are the things that line us up. These are the things that line us up to be able to hear. And of course, we know that we need to be in a good church. We need to have church attendance. We need to put ourselves under good teaching. Once again, that comes back to having good groundwork and rails around us so that we can judge whose voice we hear. Okay, that's going to be important. So God tells us not to um, leave or not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Okay, so that is important. All right, so that's the ways that we position ourselves to hear from the Holy, to, to hear from God, to hear from the Holy Spirit. So now we got to talk about what are the things that can hinder us from hearing. What are some of the things that can hinder us? Now most of us know this stuff. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here uh, because I want to get to the ways that He speaks, and I have some other ladies that are going to come up and share testimonies too. But one of the things that can hinder us from hearing from God is not understanding who we are in the new birth, not having a good identity. If we struggle with identity issues like, well, I'm not worthy to go before God. And, I mean, I will read stuff and people will say, well, I don't, I don't, I never pray for things from God. And, and it's so unbiblical because God told us that he cares for, he said, cast all of our cares on him. Cast them all on him because he cares for us. He wants to be involved in every single part, and I do mean every single part of your life. He's interested in that. He's interested when you have a problem. He's interested when you have a pleasure or a joy. He's interested in what you're interested in. He wants to know. He wants to know. He wants you to come and see him. And the cornerstone of any uh, relationship is what? communication it's communication he wants you to come so you have to know who you are and whose you are otherwise if you have a, a sort of identity like oh you know I'm so unworthy and I've done so many wrong things and oh, I'm gonna go before God but I don't deserve what I'm about to ask for listen that's gonna hinder you okay because you have no faith all right the second thing is living a sinful lifestyle living a lifestyle of sin now listen to me listen carefully when you're in sin do you know God's still talking to you yes. yeah he is he really is but your guilty conscience keeps you from hearing and moving forward let's throw up let's throw <clears throat> throw up first John 3 20 through 23 for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Right? And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave his commandment. Okay, so that just got through telling you that, listen, if your heart's condemning you, you're probably not going to have faith to go and hear from God. It's going to keep you from wanting to go before God. So it's important that we don't live a sinful lifestyle. And when you do mess it up, and when you do sin, which, you know, everybody does it sometime, somewhere, we don't have to, but we do, okay? It's simple. Just repent. And do not take on the devil's condemnation. Amen. Tell him to get lost. It's under the blood. And I'll tell you what I tell the devil when he keeps reminding me of something I've done wrong. I say, yeah, you know, I did do that. And Jesus forgave me anyway, and I'm still going to heaven. Yeah. What about that, devil? Hey. It's unbelievable, isn't it? What about you, buddy? Where are you going? <laughs> you got to talk back to the devil sometimes. You're like, yeah, I really did do that. I did, but you know Jesus forgave me? He doesn't even remember it. Wow, I'm still going to heaven. Just imagine that. <laughs> you got to open up your mouth and remind yourself who you are, okay? But don't live a sinful lifestyle because 
Your faith, your, your guilty conscience, will cause you to have no faith. Okay, and it is impossible to please God without faith. So these are the things that can hinder us. And then the last thing that can hinder us from hearing God clearly is a lack of discipline and devotion. A lack of discipline and devotion. Listen, it takes time. It takes time to go in and sit down and read your Bible. And it takes time to pray in the Holy Ghost. And it takes time to sit and wait for God to talk to you and to try to tune in to what he's saying to you. And it takes time to study your own relationship with him and say, how does God usually talk to me? Am I being conscientious of that when I go out? It takes time and discipline. And so if you do not give it the time, the devotion, the discipline, then that are, those are things that can hinder you from hearing. Okay? So, now, let's get to the good stuff. What are some of the practical ways in which we hear God? What are those? And before I get into this, I want to say this right up front, and I'll develop this a little bit more, but you must t test the spirits, okay? Uh, God tells us very plainly, test the spirits. That's in 1 John 4. I'm going to have a drink here. I am dry mouth this evening. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Okay, now listen to me. I don't care what vo voice you hear, what vision you see. I don't care how you got it. I don't care how beautiful it was. I don't care what the circumstances were you got it in. If it in any way violates God's word or his standards, you must reject it. Amen. Okay? So I want to say that right up front and get that right out of the way before we get into this. Don't anybody go out of here saying, oh, you know, Teresa said all I got to do is tune into my imagination and all this stuff. Listen, no, that ain't what I said. What we're talking about tonight, listen to me now, what we're talking about tonight is tuning into the practical ways that God already speaks to you. I have not, everybody listen, I have not told anybody, go out of here and seek visions and voices and things like this. Okay, do not do that. Pastor already told you that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about tuning in to the ways that God is already talking to you. Is everybody clear on that? Can I see everybody's hand? Everybody heard me. All right, praise the Lord. Okay, so one of the first ways that God talks to us and what I feel is the most common is through our thoughts. It's through our thoughts. And you say, well, what does that look like, Teresa? Well, you're walking along and you're praying. And you suddenly have this thought pop up and it's the answer to exactly what you've been praying about. But now listen, it doesn't come from outside here. There's nothing in, over here in my ear talking to me. All right? I'll give you an example. Back when I was not living for God, but I was saved, and I know I was saved because the Holy Spirit talked to me every single night when I got into bed. I had the, the conscience talking to me about I needed to turn myself around, and I had been praying, and I was like, oh, Lord, you know, I want to turn around, but I've gone so far, and listen, the devil was talking to me too, and the devil was saying to me, well, you've already done this, this, and this. It's kind of late for you to want to turn around now, Teresa. I mean, is God going to want you? You did that, that, and that. You knew that was wrong. Oh, yeah, people get forgiven, but you did it with, with knowledge that it was wrong. I mean, the devil was talking to me day and night. And I was praying, oh, God, I want to turn around, but I just don't know how to turn around. And, and so I was driving down I-4, and they were working on I-4. Big surprise. And I, I lived in, <laughs> yeah, whew. Anyway, I lived in Longwood at that time. And I was driving along, and I don't know, I was distracted, and the road was all torn up, and everything was a mess, and I wasn't paying attention. And I drove right past the exit where I needed to get off to go home. Now, I was low on gas. And I was like, oh, man, I just, I missed my exit. Now i got to drive all the way to Lake Mary, 
And I don't know if I've got enough gas before I could, you know, I'm having myself a little, little tantrum right there in the car. And then I said to myself, and I said it out loud, I said, no, I'm not. I know what I'll do. They're working on this road. If there ain't nobody around, there's a little turnaround in the road right down there where all these construction people, and I'm just going to turn myself right around. I'm not going to drive all that way. to." And right in that instance, the Holy Spirit said, that's right, Teresa. When you're going the wrong way, just turn around. That's all you got to do. Turn around. And I just started crying right there in the car. I absolutely knew it was God going, yeah, exactly. Don't just keep going down the wrong road until you run out of gas, baby. Turn around. Just turn around. Now, how did I hear that? When I say I heard the voice of God, what do I mean? I mean... I was driving and a spontaneous thought that I was not thinking before that was an answer to a prayer that I had been praying came up into my mind. And I knew in my spirit that God was talking to me. That was God talking to me. Okay? Uh, let me think of another example. I, when I first came to this church... Now, this is another way God speaks to me, and he uses the word to do that. Sometimes that can happen while you're reading the word. A verse will jump off the page, and you go, oh, wow, there it is. What I needed, there's my promise, there's my answer. Thank you, God. But sometimes he'll bring that scripture to you later when you're just talking about something and riding along, and you're not reading the word right at that moment. That's why I said it's important you put it in there. And so I'm riding, you know, I'm going to work. And I had just started coming to this church. And remember, I was coming out of the Baptist church. And I was excited about what I was hearing here. Uh, but I wasn't quite sure yet. All the things with pastor hadn't happened yet where I had that confirmation that he was my pastor. And so, but the, but the praise band was inviting me to come up. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to get involved in the praise band until I absolutely knew this was my church, right? And so I'm driving down the road and I'm like, Lord, you know, I, I, I still feel a little awkward there because, of course, I'm coming out of Baptist church. I would feel awkward here. And so I'm like, I feel very awkward amongst these people, and I don't know if I'm the right fit or not. I don't, I don't know if I should, you know, be part of the praise band or whatever. And I'd been praying about it about a week, and I didn't hear nothing. And so now I'm frustrated like we get. I'm like, well, literally I said this to God. I'm driving down the road going to church. I said, well, God. I guess you don't want to talk to me about that, so I'm not going to bother you anymore about it. I literally said this to God. <laughs> don't follow my example, okay? I'm just sharing. But anyway, I said, I guess you just don't want to even talk to me about that, so I'm not going to bother you about it anymore. I'm just going to wait and see whatever. And so I'm driving down the road, and of course my mind wants to go back to it. And I said, no, I promised I wasn't going to talk to you about that no more. And so then I started praying about the day. And right out of the blue popped up into my spirit, your gift will make room for you. I was like, okay. All right, cool. Thanks, God. That's awesome. See, he used a verse, and it wasn't a verse I was thinking about. So then I get to work. And at that time I was doing hair. And so I go into my job, and one of the girls there knew that I uh, had just changed churches. She knew all that. She, and she comes up to me, and she says, Teresa, hey, how are things going at your new church? I said, oh, you know, you know Carmel, they're going good, and, but I'm just not sure. They've invited me to join the praise band and blah, 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 blah. She says, well, don't worry about it. Your gift will make room for you. I just stood there and looked at her. I'm like, okay, thanks, God. <laughs> That's cool. So later I went back to her and I said, you don't know this, but God just used you. She said, oh, I know it. I walked away from me. She said, yeah, I know. I said what I was supposed to say to you. So she had the same kind of thing. That, that, that verse popped into her head and she knew I'm supposed to say this to Teresa. And so she did. So see, God used his word. It's really important. He used his word to talk to me. It was not a voice that came to me from outside except the confirmation, okay? And that came through, uh, I can't think of how her name, it was Carmel or Carmelita or something like that. But anyway, I liked her. <laughs> she was my friend in that job anyhow. Uh, one of the sweet ones because there aren't too many in a hair salon. Ooh, hallelujah. All right. So that's what I mean by a thought. And that is what most people mean when they say, I heard from God. It can be an unction. It can be a sudden knowing inside. 
It can be a verse that jumps off the page at you, okay? That's how we mostly will hear from God, right? Now, the second way that we can hear from God is through dreams and visions, dreams and visions. Now, I also hear through dreams a lot. I'm a dreamer. And let me say this right up front. If you are a dreamer and you are interested in finding out what those dreams mean, do not, hear me, do not, do not go get the worldly dream book. Did everybody hear what I said? Okay, I said do not. That's what I said. Do not. You make sure that you get a good Christian book, a good Christian book. And let me tell you, the difference between them is vast. It's important, okay, because there's also the enemy side of this. You have to remember that. There's the enemy side of this. And the world has the symbolisms and stuff that is connected to the enemy side of this. And it is different, far different than the symbolism for the Christian dreams books. Now, I use Barbie Breathitt. She's well known for dream interpretation. And there's also Mark and uh, Victor Verkler. That's another one, the Divinity Code, uh, Mark and Victor Verkler. They're well known for Christian dream interpretation okay those are two that I use Uh, but I'm not telling you to seek this I say I'm saying to you if God speaks to you this way now how do I know when it's a spiritual dream well most of the time it'll be in color and most of the time it will contain spiritual elements in other words it'll 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 have something in there like spiritual warfare or so on and so forth in the dream Okay, but listen, God's been, this is not stuff, because God's been speaking to people in dreams all throughout the Bible. This is not new. Listen, just because the devil stole it and tried to make it into an occult thing, it doesn't mean that we should throw out the bath, throw out the baby with the bath water. Okay, it's still a way that God talks to us also. Okay, so now I'll share a dream that I had with you, and I'll tell you how I, I mean, it was obvious that God was talking to me. A little while back, I started feeling so confused, out of place, didn't seem like I was moving forward in my spiritual life, didn't know if I was on the right track, and I know some of y'all are sitting there going, well, what do you mean, Teresa? You're part of the praise band, and you preach, and you blah, blah, blah. Well, exactly. Exactly. The devil's going to attack you because he doesn't want you to move forward, right? That's what he wants. And so I start getting confused, and I'm, and I'm struggling. I'm like, God, am I doing the right things? I mean, is this what you want me to do? I mean, and where am I going with this? I mean, is it going anywhere? And, you know, I'm, I'm 54 years old. What, what exactly am I going to do anyway, you know? And, oh, just on and on and on the thoughts were going, and I'm struggling. And, and then I'm getting disgruntled, you know, like... I'm not doing anything here. This doesn't, they don't even like me. These people don't even like me. <laughs> Praise band hates me. All of them hate me. And, I, you know, I think that I'm being honest with you now, and I'm being honest with you because I know, I know that it happens to all of y'all too. You just don't be, you just ain't up here telling me, okay? It happens to all of y'all too. And I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do something that you didn't tell me to do. But I'm thinking that, you know, I don't even know if I belong. I I don't know if I'm going to grow here. And they don't even like me. They don't even like me around there. I ain't even got a friend in the whole place. I mean, I'm just getting into a whole, I'm getting into a whole thing, right? I'm getting into it. And I have a dream. And in this dream, our church is having this big, elaborate dinner. And I'm not talking a potluck. I'm talking, we've got tables with linens and fine china. And I'm aware in this dream that our whole church has worked hard to pull this together, that it's something big, important, amazing. We've got an amazing guest coming to our church. And our whole church has worked hard to make this happen. And so I'm there, and I'm doing last-minute things. I have also worked to make this happen, and I'm very excited about the guest. There's an air of excitement. We're all like, yes, our special guest is coming, and we've done all this work, and it's going to be great. And I look over, and this sounds funny, but it's, you know, that's how dreams are. Uh, And I see some woman, girl, woman, she's sitting at a table, 
And when she sees me look at her, she takes her false teeth out. And she starts wiping them on the tablecloth. And I'm standing there mortified. I'm like, no, she didn't. She didn't just do that. I'm like, our whole church has worked hard. And now I'm getting angry. I'm like, how rude. Our special guest is going to show up any moment. And she's over there cleaning her false teeth on the tablecloth. It's hideous. And I'm starting to get mad. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm really going to ruin everything if I make a scene, but you know, I think I'm going to. Yeah, I'm thinking it in the dream. I'm about to tell her off. I'm about to tell her her behavior is absolutely unacceptable. But in the meantime, I hear Pastor Lisa's voice saying, Teresa, Teresa. And I'm, I'm aware she's right over there, but I'm not looking at her because I'm looking at this woman sitting at the table. And she's, she's making faces at me and stuff. She's taunting me. You know, she's taunting me. She knows she's upsetting me. And, and when anybody else would look at her, she'll smile. And, and then she's cleaning her teeth and stuff. And finally, Pastor Lisa says to me, Teresa! And I turn around to look at her. And she goes to reach her hand out to me. And I, I go to look. But she says, no, very sternly. Do not look at her. And the minute she said that, I realized that it was not a woman. It was a demon. It was a demon who was sent there to distract me. And Pastor Lisa said, that's right. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Look at me. Do not look at her. Do not pay her any attention. And Pastor Lisa reaches her hand out, and I think to myself, well, I, I can't take her hand because I'll knock off all this stuff on the table. But then I have this other thought. It's really important. I take her hand. I can't let all the stuff on the table disrupt that. So I stand up and hold my shirt in and reach out and take her hand, and I wake up. Wow. Now, how did I know that that was a spiritual dream? Well, very easily. Our church has been working very hard to get the gifts of the Holy Spirit in here. I was aware of that. I'm part of the leadership team. Where does the devil work at? He works at everybody, but he's going to work in the leadership team first. Absolutely. And absolutely in the praise band. He's going to, because we're up there setting a, we're setting a mood. All right, that's what we're doing. And God spoke to me very clearly in that. He said, do not look. Don't be distracted now. Don't be distracted. And don't let stuff get between you and the leadership. You make sure you keep that line of communication open. And when you've got a problem, you go talk to them. You don't let it all build up and get messy and you can't reach across the table and take their hand. God talked to me in that dream. And I shared that dream with Pastor Lisa. You know, because God showed that to me very plainly. And I learned a lesson. I need to make sure. And when I went and talked to Pastor Lisa about some of the things that were frustrating me, guess what happened? We worked them out. They got worked out. Right? But the devil wanted me to believe that the frustrations couldn't be worked out and there's too much stuff between us and this and blah, 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 blah. So God used a dream to talk to me. He used a dream to talk to me. Now, I shared at the last, I don't even know, maybe the prayer meeting or something, but um, Miss Shirley was talking about, uh, she was talking about how God showed her that we were an army. We were talking about being an army uh, for the Lord. It was Sunday night prayer. Um, and I decided to get up and share a vision that I had had uh, long before that several years. I was in here in a prayer meeting, and I was praying, and I got this quick vision. Now, what do I mean when I say that? Was there a movie out in front of me? Nope. It's a quick vision that's on your imagination, but it's kind of spontaneous. It, it's something that pops up into your imagination. But when people say, I had a vision, what do we think? We think it's going to be a, like a movie out in front of us, right? And so we think, well, I never had a vision. Well, listen, God works on the inside of you. And he's going to work with your, your mind and, and with you, okay? And so I had this quick vision. And in this vision, I saw uh, soldiers. And the soldiers were like a spoke in a wheel, kind of. They were going, part of them were facing this way from the middle to here. Part of them were facing that way from the middle to here. Same with this spoke here and here. What was the point? 
What was the point? God was showing me that from any direction that the enemy would come, they would be found out because eyes would see. There was those, those soldiers would, would find them out. And it made a mighty sound in my mind. It made a mighty sound. I could hear that marching, marching, marching. And God said to me, in my spirit, in my mind, I am raising up a mighty army. Yeah. I am raising up a mighty army. And the sound of it scares the enemy. Yeah. It scares the enemy. Now, when I get up and share that with you and say I had a vision, you will tend to have like this little idea of how that happened. Oh, wow. You know, like it was out in front of her and God showed her a little movie. No, it was inside my head. And that's how it'll be for you too. And you probably, you may have had them and you don't even realize it. It's that quick little blip. Sometimes it's just a quick little blip. Am I right, Miss Shirley? It's just like a little, oh, and then it's gone. Okay. So he can talk to us in dreams and visions. That's a common way. Now, he can also talk to you in a feeling or emotion, a feeling or an emotion. Now, I'm going to share somebody else's story because this is not a way that I often hear God, okay? It's not that I haven't ever picked up on people's emotions or whatnot, but I just, there's a story that I read that I feel explains it better than what I could explain from one of my stories. Um, there's, this, there's this book, there's this, this uh, a uh, girl named Alice Creswell. They're well known over in the UK. Um, and the book is The Supernatural, The Natural Supernatural Christian Life. And she's talking about how she was in the grocery store and she's trying to grow in the leadings of the Lord and the things of the Lord. And so she's in the grocery store one day and she had had, um, she had, had a stillborn daughter at nine months. Okay. But it had been some years before like a long time before but she says she's walking around in the grocery store and she's had two other kids since then and all of a sudden right out of the blue she starts thinking about this and she's getting really sad she's like man you know she's like almost wanting to cry and at first she's thinking to herself well how odd that I would think about that right now but then she says she thinks to herself could God be talking to me about somebody else here I mean, and then she looks around her and she sees an older lady in the cashier and neither one of them look young enough to be having miscarriages, you know. They look like they could be grandmas, but they don't look like they... But the feeling wouldn't leave her. And so she prayed about it. And she's like, Holy Spirit, if you want me to say something, then arrange it so that I'm next to that lady in the checkout line. So she goes to the checkout line and guess who comes up right behind her? And she says, she's like, okay, well, I made the deal. And so she says to her, she says, ma'am, she says, I know you don't know me. She says, but I'm a Christian. And some years ago, when she tells her the story, I had a baby at nine months old. It was a daughter, and she, she died. And it was a really, really tough time. She said, but suddenly when I was near you, that memory came to me. And I was just wondering, um, is there somebody in your family you know, that, and the lady looked at her and said, do I look sad? And she said, no, you don't. No, you don't look sad, ma'am. She said, well, she said, my daughter-in-law just gave birth to a, a stillborn baby, and it was quite late in the, in the pregnancy. And that girl was able to stand there and tell her about the love of Jesus, pray for her family, and she got to see that woman again later. Now, listen, that was a risk. That was a very specific word. And she knew it was a risk to step out and say, okay, I'm going to step out and do this. Oh, you know, that was a risk. But if she hadn't obeyed it, she wouldn't have gotten to minister to that woman, get her saved, get her husband saved, because the lady shared with her that it was her husband's birthday and he had leukemia. Okay, and she got to pray for all of them and get them saved because she was willing to take that risk and step out on that one little something that was in there, that one little something. And it was a feeling. It was an emotion. And so you might be asking yourself, well, how would I know if that, and I'll get to that. We're going to talk about weighing out these things in just a moment. Uh, the other one is a sensation. And quite often the people... Um, who do healing will tell you that this is a way in which they uh, know to call out certain things like backs or necks or arms or whatever, okay? Um, 
What I mean by a sensation, now you have to know your own body to do this, all right? But uh, I was just at a conference, and one of the guys was E.W. Grant. He's quite an older man, and some of y'all may know who he is. He's well-known in the faith healing, uh, and he was talking about this. Now, he also sometimes sees x-rays, but the way he hears most often who to call out is he'll get near somebody, he'll walk up here, and suddenly he's standing near Laverne, and he gets terrible pain in his knee. Now, he knows that's not his pain. He don't have a knee problem. So what's happening? God didn't say, hey, E.W., I want you to minister to Laverne. He just got a pain in his knee. And so he takes a step of faith, and he says, uh, excuse me, ma'am, you got a problem in your right knee? No, I know you don't, and that's a good answer. Don't take it. And so, and so, then if that, yeah, that was a good answer. That was quick thinking right there. Anyway, so then he knows to take authority over that and minister to her. God's talking to her about that knee. So that's another way that God can talk to you. I've never experienced that. But I will tell you, I wasn't going to share this, but I guess I will, and I'm going to keep everything anonymous because I hope that God will give the word to somebody else because it was a failure on my part and it could have been an amazing thing had I been a little bit bolder. And I'm telling you this because faith is risk. It's risk. And we're praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we're going to have to learn to tune in to how is God talking to me. And then we're going to have to be willing to take the risk to step out there and act on it when we don't have an absolute We don't have an absolute. So one morning I'm getting ready to come to church and there's the name of this disease and I had heard it on TV before but I hadn't heard it recently. And I get up and I'm in the bathroom and that name's going round and round in my head and I'm like, well that's weird. And I'm getting dressed and now I'm getting annoyed because around and around in my head it goes like when you have a song stuck in your head. You know what I'm talking about? A song you can't get and it's usually only like one line of the song and you can't stop it and it goes around and around. And so I thought the devil, (laughs) because it was a disease and I was aware it was a disease. I didn't know what kind of disease. And it was a big, long name. It was weird. And I was like, listen here, devil, I ain't never had that disease and I ain't never going to have it. And I'm not saying that word out loud no matter how much you turn it round and round in my head. Okay? So it stopped for a few minutes and I get dressed and I get in the car and I'm coming to church. Round and round in my head, this word. Round and round in my head driving me bonkers. I'm like, shut up already, Teresa. Why are you rehearsing that word in your head? Stop it. So I get to church. I get through praise. The first service doesn't bother me. Second service comes. Every time we stop singing, round and round in my head, this word, round and round in my head. I'm like, for heaven's sakes. But then all of a sudden, my lightning fast brain says, could God have a word for somebody here in the service? I mean, could the Holy Spirit be trying to call out this disease because there's somebody here in our church that has this disease? So pastor comes up to make the announcements. Now let me make this plain. This was not pastor's failure. It was mine because I was very timid. And I tentatively reached out and touched his shoulder. And y'all know, I knew he really didn't hear me. Like, it didn't register with him. Because y'all have all seen that blank look he gives you when it's not registering. You know, he kind of smiles. and You know, he he don't have a clue what you just said. He has got his agenda. He ain't paying you no mind, all right? So I said very tentatively, as he's waiting for the chaos to die down, because we were worshiping and people were worshiping, I reach out and I... I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't believe I'm going to do this because if I'm wrong, it's very specific. This is a very specific word, and it's a weird word. I don't even know. I mean, my mind, my heart is just pounding because I'm thinking, oh, I've never done this before, and I could be so wrong, and I could be wrong in front of everybody. I reach out, and I touch. I'm like, Pastor, just about like this because I'm on stage. Um, If there's time, I want to say something. I didn't say, I think I have a word for the Lord. I was scared to say that, you know. I was like... And pastor's like, whatever, girl. And so then I <laughs> and so what did I do? You know what I did? Whew, okay, thank the Lord. That must not have been the Holy Spirit. I'm off the hook, right? I'm off the hook. I, that was just, thank God. Holy Spirit took care of me. I was probably about to make an idiot out of myself. Okay, fast forward to about a month. And I'm so disappointed in myself for this. But 
I'm talking to someone. Come to find out, that person has that disease. I didn't say a word. I didn't make a face. I didn't mention it. You say, why not, Teresa? Well, listen, if I'd have called it out when God gave it to me, the faith would have been there for for this person to be healed. The faith would have been there on my part to pray for it. But because I hesitated and didn't do what God was giving me to do, I missed an opportunity. And let me tell you something. We've been praying for miracles, and the the place would have went wild. The place would have went wild if we just saw that miracle. And I failed. I failed it. I'm telling you that on the same by the same hand that I'm telling you that, I'm also thrilled with it. Why? Because I just learned another way that God might talk to me. That was a new way God was talking to me. And, it was, and I didn't recognize it like I should have. And when I finally did recognize it, I was not bold, you know, because I was taking a risk. And listen to me, God showed me something in that. You know why I wasn't bold? I was scared. But you know what scared really is? You want me to tell you? It's pride. It's pride, because you don't want to look stupid in front of everybody. You could look really stupid. You could look like, oh, yeah, she here from God. Here goes Teresa again. What other brilliant thing has she got? You know, you're worried about what people will think if you miss it. Well, listen, if you miss it, okay, but what if you're right? What if you're right? And so now it is my sincere prayer that God will give that word to somebody else. I, I, I really pray he will. I pray that he'll give that word to somebody else. Okay? So, now let's cover this again. The ways that we can hear God are through thoughts, right? Dreams and visions, a feeling or an emotion, or a sensation. A sensation. Okay? Now, how do, there, there are four different places we can get voices. I need to cover that real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because I asked, uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time. Maybe I can fit one in. Um, I asked some ladies to come up and just share with you a way that they heard God and what they mean by that so that you can get um, a perspective on that. There are four different voices we can hear from. There's the Holy Spirit. There's our recreated spirit. There's the flesh. And there's the enemy. Okay? So, the first two can be the hardest to discern from to discern between the Holy Spirit and our recreated spirit. Why? Because our recreated spirit has been made perfect, all right? And so it can often have really good thoughts and good ideas. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because I'm not going to worry about this too much because if it's coming from your recreated spirit and it exhorts and it lifts up, it's not going to be disastrous if you were to give a word from your recreated spirit. But the thing is, is we do want to learn to be spirit-led because spirit-led words have power on them, okay? So that's why we do want to weigh it. So how do we weigh between our spirit and the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the ways is to know your own self well. Know your own self well. Most of the time, Holy Spirit thoughts are going to be far more benevolent than yours, and I give you a little clue. They're the spirits, they're the, the, the thoughts that pop up, and, the, and at first you go, oh, that's a great idea. And then two minutes later, you're like, no way, man, that's going to require me to do this, that, and the other thing. That's a terrible idea. But then that thought comes back and says, oh, like that day, yeah, you know, it's like, then that thought comes back and says, oh, you need to do this. And you're like, man, I can't do that because if I do that, blah, blah, blah. It's that thought that you want to argue with. Yeah. It's that thought that usually has got some weight to it, and it's far more benevolent, far more generous than what you are normally. Okay, because the, the voice of the Holy Spirit usually is far more benevolent than we are, okay? It's the thought that persists. It's the thought that you try to put away, like I just told you, and it just keeps on and on and on, and it doesn't leave you alone until you finally obey it. All right? That's one of the ways you can tell between your spirit and the Holy Spirit is the weight it has. Does it glorify God, you know? Is it, is it going to bring glory and edification, okay, and consolation? All right, the second uh, is the flesh. So that one is fairly easy, okay? Uh, if, you know that if, if, if you know that when you get up and you do this thing and the thought is, I will look really spiritual, if I do that, that's your flesh. 
Does it glorify God? Will it bring edification? Will it lift up? Who will it glorify? Who will it edify? And who will it lift up? Now listen, it's true that people will see you doing things and they'll think, wow, you know, they're really spiritual and everything. But if that's what you're thinking when you do it, that's your flesh. If you have a grievance with something that's been going on, and suddenly you've got a word from the Lord and you know that you got your feelings hurt by sister so and so but now you have a word from the Lord and you need to get in the pulpit and and let sister so and so under the guise of a word from the Lord know how you feel about what she did to you last week okay if your purpose is to air a grievance it's your flesh okay it's your flesh And this is how we check it out. Who's it going to glorify? Am I nursing a personal grievance about something? Okay, that's how we weigh that out. Now, the last is the enemy. And this one is pretty straightforward. Does it tear down? Will it leave someone or yourself feeling defeated, condemned? And will it embarrass or expose? Now listen to me carefully. The devil will talk to you like that about you, and he will also try to get you to talk like that to other people. When God gives you a word, listen to me. Okay, let me just cover this real quick. Rarely ever, unless you are in a position of authority as pastor, in the office of prophet like Dr. Mary Fran, over a group like Shirley, like Pastor Jeannie, like Pastor Josh, and Pastor Garen, like, like Miss, if, you're, if you're in a position of authority, then maybe God will give you a corrective word for somebody. But even if he does, we are in the New Testament. We are not in the Old Testament. We do not tear down, the Bible says in Corinthians, that we are to exhort, to edify, and to build up. And we are not to embarrass people. And so you say, well, Teresa, if you're operating in the gift, and let's say you think you have a word for somebody, you say, what if God shows me that, uh, you know, brother so-and-so has a problem with pornography? Well, what God is looking for you to do is to speak life into it. He's not looking for you to go and call him out and to expose his sin and to embarrass him and to annihilate him in front of other people. I'm sorry, that's the enemy. And a word of correction like that most likely will be given to pastor. And if pastor needs to be strong and talk to them, he will do it in the way that's appropriate in his office, most likely, okay? If you do not have authority over people, it's really unlikely that God's going to give you a word like that, okay? So that's a good rule for you to just follow. And if God does show you something like that, and you are, and what do I do with that, okay? Suppose I get a word that brother so-and-so has a problem with pornography, What's God looking for me to do? He's looking for me to speak life to that person and break it off of them. So this goes something like this. Excuse me, sir, but today God calls you to a higher level of righteousness than you've ever walked in before. And that thing which would try to hold you back and hold you in captive, we break it off of you right now in Jesus' name. And from this day forward, you will walk in freedom for who the sun sets free is free indeed. Now, what did I just do? I edified. And I foretold the freedom from that thing that's holding him. And I did not embarrass him, and I did not expose him. Okay? That is not the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. It's not. Now, like I said, sometimes there may be strong words. You leave that to pastor. All right? You leave that to pastor, or you leave that to leaders over groups. Okay? I had to throw that in there because you see so much of people... Oh, and I'm going to go tell him, and you know, uh, listen, God may tell you something bad like that. He may, but he wants you to speak life to it. And I did not leave enough time for my ladies to share, and I apologize, but we have come to the end of the night. Um, Before we go, I just want to throw up 1 Corinthians 14, 3. But he who prophesies speaks what? And what? And what? That is our model in the New Testament prophet. Okay? 
unless you hold the office of prophet or if you are pastor. And like I said, they will handle that, okay? All right, well, that is it for tonight. I hope that I was able to bring a little bit of clarification, um, help somebody somewhere along the way, all right? All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this evening. I thank you for the opportunity to speak into the people's lives. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear. Father, I pray that you would open up our eyes. And Father, that we would have a spirit of revelation and wisdom and knowledge of you, Father. That we would be filled with the fullness of Jesus. That we would understand the depth, the height, the width, the length of his love. And we would be filled with the fullness of you. And I thank you and I praise you and I pray that you will bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.